0: The boulder feels conflicted about fighting a young, blind girl. Sounds to me like you're scared, boulder. The boulder's over his conflicted feelings, and now he's ready to bury you in a rock Whenever you're ready, the pebble.
1: This episode of Weird Crafts Chit Chat is brought to you by Spring Creek Coffee House. Spring Creek Coffee is located in downtown Milwaukee, It's one of our local coffee shops. I go there pretty much every day, guys. It's some of the best coffee. All of the people who work there are fantastic, down-to-earth people. Um, Drinking it during this episode, so just wanted to give a little shout-out to Spring Creek Coffee, downtown Milwaukee. Hit them up if you're in town. You're listening to Weird Crafts Chit Chat, episode 2. I'm Travis, and today we sit down with Jesse Flower. Jessie is an amazing voice actor who's been in all sorts of different things, but you probably recognize her as Toph Beifong from the Avatar series. That's Avatar The Last Airbender, not The Blue People Avatar. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so her and I just sit down, have a chit chat about life, talk about the new Netflix show that's coming out soon, um, past work, what's up with her and her current uh, music career. And uh, just have a nice chit chat. So, here it is, guys. Jesse Flower.
0: Travis is recording the call. All right.
1: I guess I could just kind of hop right in with seeing. Uh, start at the beginning. How did you start your career as a voice actor?
0: Um. Well, it actually started with me just being interested in commercials. So. I moved to Los Angeles when I was about four years old, so in about 1998. And uh, so when I was about five or six, it was kind of the dawn of 2000 and child actresses and actors like were kind of around, but it wasn't as much of an industry as it is now. So um, a friend of mine in, in school, or I can't remember if it was just like in life somewhere, I don't remember, but they were in a commercial and I thought that was really cool. And so I was like, hey, "Mom, I want to do that." She's like, "Okay, great. Um, let's like put you in a musical first and see if you like—I don't know—just like performing." And I did. And so skip ahead a couple years. I did commercials for a second, and then, um, you know, everyone has their growing awkward phases. And I was going through one of mine at around seven, eight. I like had my hair really short. A lot of my teeth had fallen out. I just was like, <laughs> you know, I was—I was having one of my moments, and so am I. Uh, my agency is like, hey, so there's this thing called voice acting. Uh, so it kind of happened because I all of a sudden wasn't like cookie cutter, like cute kid anymore because I was going through a growing phase. So that's why I started right. doing more voiceover. Um, and then it kind of just clicked. I was way less nervous in auditions, in, um, uh, yeah, I would say kind of in the recording studios for, for jobs, too. Um, I don't know, on-camera stuff and any in-person auditions really were just super nerve-wracking for me if I wasn't in, like, the right mindset or I didn't particularly feel great that day. So, yeah, it just kind of, like, grew from from then. And uh, my first voiceover gig was actually Finding Nemo.
1: I was going to say, I looked into that. What was your character on that?
0: So it was me and, uh, let's see, I think Seven seven to ten other other kids kind of my age and we all just voiced the the school of fish and the young turtles and all that just kind of young kid clamor throughout the whole movie <laughs> that was that was our job so we spent you know the whole day just going in loops just being like hey catch this come over here run blah, like over and over and over again so <laughs> yeah it was uh it was a time but it was so much fun and of course now it's 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 a classic. It's timeless. I had no idea what I was doing at the time. None of us did. But uh, now it's it's kind of a cool cool thing still, of course.
1: Yeah, I mean the uh, I mean I grew up on Finding Nemo as well, mm-hmm. and uh, you're t- you're talking about the the um, all the little kids when they're on the what is it the man Ray and he's singing the yes. oh you know
0: <laughs> yes uh, exactly that. I
1: love that scene, or I love that movie, you know. Um, it's a great one. So, Finding Nemo was kind of your debut into voice acting, and, um, you know, once you did the that first one, did you kind of just get, like, the, the bug, like, you want to, this is what you want to do, like, you're really, really into it, or did your parents just kind of keep, you know, throwing different auditions or something at your way?
0: Honestly, I don't know. Uh, I, I the thing was early on is I was like, okay, like I want to be, I want to do this for fun. the The end goal when I was younger was to be a surgeon, um, and this was just like a thing for fun. But that, that's foolish because I've been singing and dancing since I was four, so like it wasn't really a surprise whenever it kind of went back to that in college. But uh, at that point, my mom kind of early on was like, okay, if this is something you want to do then we're going to do it because I she's a single mom. I was an only child and we weren't like super not well off, but we weren't rolling in it. So she was like, okay, if we're going to invest all of this, like, are you going to do it? That means you'll have to miss people's birthdays. That means that you have to skip some things at school. Like you won't, you know, you're going to have to commit to it. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. So after like the first year, I was just kind of in that routine because I was like, yes, this is something I signed up to do and I'm going to like keep Doing it and i and i enjoyed it but it wasn't like this oh i must do this to survive it was kind of like i enjoyed it for the most part um and you know we were already kind of in i don't know like on a roll i suppose um actually just youth industries and the voiceover industry in general was still relatively new just because a lot of technology was improving and computers and microphones and iphones like all these things just started happening with technology so when they found kids who were professional in like a voiceover setting, they were like, "Ooh, remember that one? We can use them for these seven other projects because we know that we can get a seven-year-old sound and they're not going to like freak out." Uh, so it was just kind of a, used
1: to it. <laughs> right.
0: Exactly. Um, so after that, actually, there was a certain casting director who kind of just kept my name along with like a couple other kids that I knew, just kind of on a list. And whenever a project fit, she would just call her list and be like great, I have a job for you Thursday, can you do it? And it'd be like, yes. So it got to a point where I stopped having to audition for kind of those group ADR uh, sessions. And so, I mean, of course, keep doing that because that was helping pay rent for a while. So (laughs) that was, uh, yeah, that was definitely a a thing to keep around.
1: That's awesome. uh, I never really thought about it, you know, as um. Kids going into it, you know, a lot of adults kind of hop in and they kind of make their own decisions. But I guess it kind of falls into the same category of like child stars, you know, where even just with acting um, in general, you know, being on screen, they're only allowed to work uh, so many hours. They're only, you know, so it's it's cool to hear from the perspective of somebody who grew up, you know, in that um, environment. Yeah. The uh, was some of the other ones that I was looking into. You were in American Dragon Jake Long, I believe. Awesome.
0: Um, awesome. American
1: Dragon Jake Long, I think, is what um, I was kind of looking into your your uh, uh, what was it? IMDb or just kind of like past work.
0: I um, might have an episode. I know there was also like the X X Files. Or something like that that was a nickelodeon show for a second there were lots of kind of one episode things since i was already in that realm that i just hopped in on you just um, did <laughs> yeah but i don't i don't really remember the single episode <laughs> things,
1: right okay
0: so long <laughs>
1: <laughs> um a few of the other past works were uh, what was it brother bear and yeah. um emperor's new groove Yes. School or something like
0: that? Yeah, the fun thing with The Emperor's New Groove is that uh, I wasn't the original Chaka. So Chaka is the young daughter with the super spiky pigtails, um, who is Pacha's Pacha's daughter. And I just loved her voice from the first movie. So I would watch it and I would practice it, (laughs) and I would copy it all the time. And then, I don't know how or where it was mentioned, but like I, I must have done it once when I was at my agent's office like recording something and they're like, Wait, they're coming out with a sequel and the original girl is too old, her voice isn't high enough anymore. You need somebody And I was like, Really? <laughs> <And> so <laughs> I like Well let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. Let me uh let me show you what I've got. Yeah, so I'd already been practicing it you know not forever but for a while because i thought it was so fun and then they ended up doing the the emperor's new school series on disney and it just turned into its whole thing but yeah that one was actually kind of funny because i had already been like oh this voice is so fun and then it and then it worked out so yeah <laughs>
1: that's awesome uh i need to go back and rewatch those movies because it's been a while
0: i know um, right I remember, I remember
1: when the first one came out and then I believe I watched the second one, but it's just like one of those movies where you see like all of the, uh, you know, the, the gifs online now or the little video clips. And so you're just kind of like, you see them all the time. So it's like, you know, I haven't really gone back and watched it from start to finish in years. (laughs) Um, so was all of that before avatar. Did you do avatar at the same time or was that just kind of, uh, leading into it
0: it was leading into it I didn't um I'm trying to think of the timeline which I, it's a little fuzzy but uh, <laughs> I did season one I played the character Mang in Avatar um, before I played Toph actually and um then I think that was when I was 10? I might have been 11 but I think I was 10 um yeah and then Toph happened when I was 11 which was kind of nearing the the end of my just general acting career because I was going into middle school and then high school and I was at kind of an intense college prep high school and I was gonna be a doctor so I I was like okay cool like I did my little fun thing for a while and now I'm gonna go be serious and study um so yeah Avatar was kind of like the last like my sign off before I I pieced and and went to school (laughs) kind of (laughs) so yeah I think all of that was beforehand
1: Okay. Um, and how did you land the voice of Toph? Was it just kind of, they kind of had you in that same pool for all of the other films that we were just talking about? Or did you have to go audition for it? Or?
0: Yeah, so I, a couple of things. Uh, the just sound crew or some, the people just in the booth remembered me and just, liked working with me thought it was a lot of fun um and mike and brian had decided you know oh you know we could make Toph a girl and they're like yes let's run with that and then i don't know it just my name was in a pile of other names and i actually got the um audition while i was in southern indiana visiting my grandparents that's where the rest of my family is from uh, my mom and i are the rogue ones that ran away to los angeles and u-haul and uh <laughs> Yeah, we got it. And so we drove, I believe it was 45 minutes to like the nearest sound studio in, because it's the middle of nowhere. And so we're like, okay, we have to find someplace. And at that point, there wasn't an iPhone that you could just record on in your closet um, or even a laptop, really, because just the technology wasn't there yet. Got them flip phones. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So we had to drive to a studio um, and just use, you know, record it in a booth. And it was the first scene... The audition scene was the first scene with the boulder, um, and boulder. my yes, the boulder, and my grandmother was like, "Who reads the other part?" And I'm like, "Oh, no one. You just you know skip over it and you say the next thing." And she's like, "Well, what if I read it?" And I was like, "Okay, like sure if you want." So she came in with me and and read the part of the boulder while I read the toff lines, and we sent that in. As my <laughs> That's sister. amazing. So I'm pretty sure that probably helped. <laughs> and I had no idea I mean I was just doing it for fun it was like Thanksgiving or something so I was like all right let's just record this and like go back and like eat food so like (laughs) it was just a lot of fun and uh, and no pressure and then you know when I went in I think just you know we'd gotten along well in the recording booth before and I don't know it just ended up working out
1: that's Awesome. awesome do you still have the recording with your grandma
0: I honestly don't know, because it would probably be, yeah, I don't, it might be on like a USB from like, I don't even know, I'm trying to (laughs) think, 2005, like we've moved so much, like I I have no idea.
1: Right. (laughs) If you can get that, you should definitely save that, because that's a good
0: memory. I know, I know. Um, Yeah, I'll have to, I'll actually, I'm going to text my mom, I want to (laughs) see.
1: Tell her people still want to hear it.
0: <laughs> All right, All the people are clamoring, Mom. <laughs> uh.
1: <laughs> we we need to we need to hear uh, Grandma Boulder. Right. We need to, we need to hear that. Um. So I mean, aside from that, do you have any other favorite memories uh, from recording in the studio or with other voice actors or um, just kind of your time on Avatar?
0: Um, I mean, yes, they're like little snippets in and out. Uh I mainly just remember so there's the Nickelodeon one of the Nickelodeon buildings in Burbank, California. Uh I think oh my gosh, was it on Olive? Yes. I can't remember. Oh man, all these street names are failing. <laughs> But uh the recording studio that we used was kind of right through the entryway, and just kind of to the left. And then the rest were just a lot of offices and animation studio things, whatever. Um, And they always had, well, 99% of the time, popcorn in the kitchen right off of, like, around the corner from the studio. And I would always just get, like, two bags of popcorn before I went into That's your lunch? (laughs) Yeah, or it would be after school, mid-afternoon snack. Um, But yeah, it was for some reason just like little details like that and just the little stacks of water and signing the contract before I recorded that episode like on the one table like next to the door and it was I was always like in the same seat uh there were a couple times when the studio was full which was awesome because most of the time I would have a different schedule than other people because I had to wait till after school or I was like leaving after you know maybe one one class early or something like mm-hmm. that. But everyone else was like over 18 and like doing adult things. So they were, had other scheduling things. Um, But a couple times it was, you know, Jack, May, Dante, myself, and then maybe Gray or like, like some, you know, just collection of lots of people. And we got to do whole scenes just like all at once, which was so cool. And that was literally like three times, I feel like <laughs> if that, uh, where it was that, that full. Sometimes there'd be two of us or three of us, but when, like, I think there were five, there were five or six mics in that studio. So there were a couple of times when every single one was full and we just got to, like, burn through pages just at a time. And it was, ugh, it's just so much fun when everyone's there um, and it's so rare. But that, that's kind of the, I don't know, just, like, little snippets like that. And then, of course, for the finale, we all went to Paramount and they had, like, a little red carpet. And we watched the final episode together in, like, a big theater. It was it was very fun. Oh, and they That's flew, awesome. Yeah, they flew Zach, uh, who voices Aang, out from New York. Because he was the only one that wasn't local. Um, <laughs> so we all got to meet Aang finally. We are like, hey! <laughs> you exist! Um, yeah, it was fun.
1: Are you still, uh, do you still, oh, well, I'm trying to... what am I trying to say? Uh,
0: <laughs> are you still good
1: friends with all of the other guys? Or all of the other cast? Uh
0: so we weren't really like friends friends to start off with cuz Instagram and like Snapchat weren't a thing yet. Facebook kind of was, but I didn't have one. Right. So oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it just wasn't it's like one of those it's one of those weird things uh, honestly because it really clicked in you know like 2011, 2012. That's like <laughs> when Instagram started. And at that point I was just in like school mode like I wasn't worried about it, but, but. Mae Whitman and Dante Bosco primarily really latched into it because they've also been doing on-screen stuff forever. And, um, I just kind of watched their Instagrams blow up over time. And as I like started to just transition back into arts world, cause I was very math and science. And then all of a sudden was like, but the stage, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it just kind of went back. And now in New York, just kind of seeing them just take full advantage of kind of the growth of social media so I've kind of reconnected with now that I'm I count myself as an adult too uh reconnected with Jack and Dante and Olivia Hack who voiced um Ty Lee, uh just from kind of social media social media yeah just life um and it's really only been those three that I can think of who's okay. really busy around, yeah, because Zach doesn't really act, I think, at, at all, really, from what I know. Um, and then May is off being busy and like doing 60,000 things, so she probably hasn't even seen my feeble attempt of a DM. Um, honestly, <laughs> like, hey, uh, I'm coming back alive, so yeah, um, it's nice though, I'm going to a convention in um, Sacramento. In January, it's January third through fifth, and I think Olivia and Jack and Dante. I think they're gonna try to get all of us as many. I was as gonna say Bosco is down there. Yeah, um, for that, for that, t- you know, that little two-day period. So, could be exciting. We will see, but yeah.
1: Well, we'll bump it on our uh, page and podcast and stuff for you. Yeah,
0: <laughs> thanks.
1: <laughs> the uh, going back to kind of like the social media you know, how everybody just kind of in today's day and age connects via Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Um, that's just been a real huge, like, you know I mean? Like, it's just a totally new age where somebody can just message even if they're completely, you know, on the other mm-hmm. side of the continent. And that's kind of how when, when we first started chatting, I was like, hopefully I don't come off as some, like, weird guy (laughs) um but i originally met bosco what was it probably uh, 2013 14 somewhere around there um you know i do a lot of cosplay so i go to a lot of comic cons i do um you know kind of like run fairs and stuff like that too but i had just watched avatar for the first time um in like 2000 like around that time 2014 and i was super into it so i cosplayed zuko and uh you know did the whole costume and the latex scar and all that kind of stuff and then um bosco was doing a small like anime convention here in portland and Mm -hmm. so i organized this huge like big avatar meetup there (laughs) And uh, basically, I mean, we had, like, 30 different characters. We even had Lord Toph. Uh, (laughs) Wow. Yeah, it was a lot of people. So that's kind of how I first met Bosco. And then every time he'd come back to Portland, we'd chat or we'd meet up in Seattle. And um, whenever he was doing a convention or something there, went to, like, one of his after parties uh, at Emerald City Comic Con a few years ago. um, Super nice guy, so... (laughs) Uh, he's been kind of su- uh, super supportive of my leather working for the past few years and our whole entire shop um, so shout out to shout out to Bosco on this <laughs> yeah,
0: um, He's great like I I've always been a fan of his even when I was young and didn't know what life was yet but he's always been super super sweet
1: yeah his uh, I think the first time I saw him was hook mm-hmm. That well, that's
0: where I came from. I I'd even watched Hook at that point. I was like, oh hey. <laughs> I feel
1: like I recognize you, Bangoran.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, we'll just kind of hop back into the the Avatar chat here. Um, kind of one of the questions I came up with was, do you relate to Toph in any way, like in your kind of everyday life, or is it just kind of your one and done kind of thing? <laughs>
0: Well, so it's it's really interesting combination of things. Um, I first of all have horrible eyesight, like atrocious. Um, I'm <laughs> I wear contacts every day. I have glasses, but like I dance and I like to work out and run and like I don't know. I just glasses always got in the way. But uh, if anyone you know knows prescription things, I'm a negative 8.5 um, for contacts, which is awful. Um, I, I believe they've extended them now, but eight was the max when i was younger and they've since figured out ways to move up i think they can go up to like 14 now or something but point is is i'm like dangerously not (laughs) capable of of like existing without my contacts um so that thing is pretty real um i suppose we both have green eyes which is nice and i think the biggest thing just because with the new live action coming out through netflix and they're going to start filming it this next spring there's just been kind of a resurgence of kind of talk about Avatar and like people having rewatching watching <laughs> parties and it's all just kind of coming back and uh, people have sent fan mail over the years just being like, oh, I related to Toph for this or it was so nice seeing like just an unapologetic badass female, like all these things. And it, I kind of feel like I was more like Toph when I was younger and then I kind of like freaked out a little bit and went through you know, adolescence, growing college like craziness and then like came back to New York and I'm like, wait, <laughs> I need to like use her to just regain my footing because I feel like we were very one in the same while I was recording her. Um, and I just need to go back to that. So I don't know, I people are like, oh, what, what voice did you use? Or like, what did you use to get into character? And I was like, nothing. I just had a huge attitude. Like that was <laughs> literally <laughs> the only thing. Um,
1: didn't eat breakfast in the morning, and then you're
0: good to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of great because I feel like she's just been she's been around, and people can continue to uh, appreciate her. And I think I appreciate her more and just in a different way at this point. Like you know, what is it, twelve years, eleven years later? I think so. Um, yeah, at this point. yeah, it's crazy. But then then I did when. I was recording her which is kind of nice because she's taken multiple forms in my kind of just life I suppose in others eyes and in my own so it's been it's been nice well,
1: that's good I'm um, I can totally see how you know the whole grounding you know using her as an example to kind of ground yourself in even in today's you know age or uh, you know you know just being in New York you gotta, gotta be grounded <laughs> I think Um, uh, what was the other thing? Um, I was going to mention, oh, so, um, I also work at Dark Horse Comics, and, uh, yeah, so we have all of the, uh, I mean, Dark Horse has, like, every right to all of the comics for Avatar, and all of the books, and, you know, they've been coming out, uh, Mm -hmm periodically for the last few years I think I'm always seeing the new like trades and like all that kind of stuff and I've kind of flipped through them and there's like this whole story with Toph and starting the it's like it it takes place in between when Avatar The Last Airbender ends and when Legend of Korra picks up Uh so it's kind of like in between there and Toph's like I mean there's a whole book I can probably send you a copy but it's a or maybe you already have it I don't know but uh, it's uh... a about her whole metal-bending academy and stuff like that, so it's pretty cool.
0: That is cool. I don't know. I have, like, I have a couple of of Dark Horse comics, but I think I only have, like, three of the skinnier books. I don't know which which ones I have. I definitely am up to date on, like, my, my order of things. Um, well,
1: if you want uh, any of them or all of them, I can provide.
0: <laughs> you know.
1: Um... Did you have any, uh... Were you on Cora at all? Or was that... Oh, not, yeah,
0: not I, um... I played my own daughter uh, in... Oh, gosh, what was it? I don't remember if it was season two or season three. But I played Su Suyin. Oh, okay. Uh, in, like, a flashback sequence. It was in... Was it in high school? Or was it in college? I think it was in high school. They'd already started Cora by then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And I just got a call from the studio and just being like, hey, can you send us a voice sample? Just, like, these lines. We'll make sure that you still sound like you. And if you do, then, like, we'd love to see you again. Just come, like, record this snippet, and it'll be kind of, like, a funny thing. You'll just be, like, voicing your daughter. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Sounds like a plan. So, yeah, I I got to go in and and see everyone again and just do a quick um, one episode. I think it was gosh maybe eight lines maybe seven lines it was it was truly a short little session but i think that it was just an excuse to like hey we could see her again
1: a little, a little <laughs> just, nod or toss back
0: yeah and like say hi um, and
1: bosco yeah. did that too didn't he he was uh he's yeah. one of the ship commander
0: mm-hmm.
1: something yeah yes
0: yes 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 exactly um yeah there were a couple there are also a couple other of the supporting characters throughout Avatar that I think hopped into Korra as well, just because why not? Voice right. them. They know the they know the spiel. So yeah. I think that was fairly common.
1: Yeah, the uh did you watch Korra like live as it aired?
0: No, I so I didn't have TV really. Okay. Uh I had it briefly when I was twelve at the one place we were staying. And then not for a while. Yeah, and like, I don't know, Google kind of was a thing, but Hulu and Netflix hadn't really gotten started yet, so those things weren't really available for streaming either. But Mm -hmm. I just had to kind of re-watch things through friends or like hear things, and then when I got to college, I was in like college mode and not paying attention to just like normal episodic airing things. So yeah, I'm a (laughs) a little bit different in that sense. So like, I didn't watch Avatar, When I was in it, as it was coming out, uh, I didn't watch Korra. I didn't watch a lot of things, so. (laughs) I have, I've seen most of them now at this point, but I just didn't like see them when they were released, being like, oh, new episode next Friday at 8 p.m. Like I didn't go (laughs) sit and watch it because I just didn't have TV yet. (laughs)
1: Right. So um, fun little fact about Korra, um, because I watched it live. Um, At that point, I had just gone like blown through Avatar. And I think like the first season of Korra was out and then I finished that and then, you know, every season that came out after that, I just kind of watched it live. And I remember I was watching it um, live, like on TV, and then they, they took it away and they only aired it on, I think, Nickelodeon's like actual website or something like that.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: And the reason behind that uh, was because one of the character, like, the villain characters, I think it was in, like, the first season or two, had, like, offed himself, you know? And that was, like, a big deal to, like, the TV show ratings and all that kind of stuff. Just kind of, you know, never really seen that type of a thing on, like, a Nickelodeon type show before. So... So they took it off the TV. I I looked, I did a lot of research while it was happening because, you know, I was watching it and all of a sudden they're like, we're not airing it anymore. I'm like, but wait, I need to finish this. (laughs) And uh, so I was like, why? Why why aren't you guys doing it on TV? And I did all the research and there was tons of articles about it, about how um, they only got restricted. It it got restricted to just the online, like on Nickelodeon's like website. so from from there i just watched it like as it was released on the website episodes but uh yeah i mean i liked Cora, so it was i was it was one of the very few shows that i was like or like animated cartoon shows that i was like all right i'm watching it you know this friday <laughs> like you were saying yeah uh, but uh how do you feel about the the new netflix New Netflix show that's I think coming out next year, right?
0: Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I talked with Mike and Brian in May, May, yes, this last summer/spring, whichever season you want to place May into. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's still spring, but we just, I don't know, I hadn't seen them in a while, and I don't remember how exactly but i I just kind of tracked them down and i was like hi it's been forever but i have now graduated from college and exist as a person in new york and like heard about the live action thing i just want to chat also like say hi because it's been forever so we got lunch and they just like talked about their process and how they're uh, you know they're primarily involved in this as opposed to the live-action movie that happened that we don't talk about. We don't talk about
1: that. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, Yeah, just kind of we're excited about the casting that's going to be true to location and kind of background, heritage, all that stuff, Um, kind of where each nation is based and then kind of casting from that location uh, is the ideal or at least somebody from an ancestry of that location. So they're just trying to be really kind of PC about the whole that's thing awesome. and um you know they just have a lot more a lot more say and just kind of hands-on uh perspective i guess for the direction of filming and what it's gonna look like and how it's scripted and like this whole thing and i'm pretty sure it's all gonna be done up in canada and all that jazz but yeah they're gonna start filming i think in february uh, who knows well, that's rough but like Sometime in 2020, early 2020, it'll 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 get the ball rolling. And I mean, I'm stoked. So I'm probably going to try to visit Set at some point. And then I'm hoping-
1: Be in, be in there, kind of sneak in. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, hey! Well, they said, they were like, you should just come visit, it'd be like super cool. And I was like, yes, it would be super cool. <laughs> um, but there's going to be um, obviously like press around it. So I'm hoping that like the live action cast could do like an interview with, like, the original cast, I just think that'd be, like, super cool. Um that be so fun. And, like, they're all gonna be age appropriate, so all these kids are gonna be somewhere from, like, 10 to 15, obviously, depending on how people look and height, and, you know, things shift, but, like, right. young! Um When we, you know, or when I was recording, anyway, so it'll just be cool to, like, see the the dichotomy of, of the two casts, so I don't know, I hope that happens at some point, that's my my one thing that I really want to happen pre-release, I suppose. I guess more post-release, but
1: yeah. It would be really cool if you got like photos of like, you know, original Toph with the new little girl who's playing Toph, and
0: yeah! you know, like
1: so bu- cool. like Zuko with Zuko and Aang with Aang, you know, stuff like that. I
0: know. I, know. I love. I would love it. <laughs>
1: that would be amazing. Um, so just to kind of let you know about it. I watched, I blew through Avatar, the, uh, you know, the original series. And then I watched like the first season of Korra and then I had nothing else to watch. And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. There was like this this movie.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> to
1: date, I've only made it 19 minutes into that movie. And thought uh,
0: you don't need to make it anymore.
1: <laughs> I know, exactly. I was like, I got, I got through that. And I, like 19 minutes in, I was like, okay, Sokka's not funny. Like, you yeah, know, no, something like...
0: Yeah, something is very wrong.
1: <laughs> I was like, the Ember Island uh, play people could do a better movie than this one here, you know? <laughs>
0: truly, truly, yes.
1: Yeah. That was one of my favorite episodes, by the way, was the...
0: Ember Island players, yeah.
1: I just, I loved, I loved the whole, uh, I, I loved that Toph was super into it, you know? <laughs> uh... Yeah. Everyone else is just super kind of like, what is even happening here? And um, whenever I cosplay Zuko, I, um, I'll i be wandering around a convention and you know the diehard Avatar fans, when someone comes up to you, I mean, this has happened to me probably a dozen times at this point.
0: Oh my gosh. And
1: <laughs> somebody, com- somebody comes up to me and is like, hey, your Zuko cosplay is really great. But your scars on the wrong side. And I just I lose it every time, you know. I'm like, uh, that's totally an Ember Island like quote, and like they're those are the diehards that you can you can tell from.
0: <laughs> that's so funny. That's funny. That that's happened to you. I dressed up as myself when I was I uh, went to oh gosh, which one was it? Comic Con San Diego, uh, I think, summer like 2014, I believe, and I just decided the night before. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make my Fire Nation outfit and go. And you can do that. Nice. Yeah, so, and so then I dressed up as me, and it was great, because nobody really knows what I look like, I suppose, um, until they like see me on a panel. So I was walking around, and I was dedicated. I went barefoot all day. Uh, oh, awesome, awesome. And And some people are like, you can be dedicated and still, like, put pads on your feet. And I was like, yeah, you could, but... That's not how I do it. Uh, and so I got- I'm to fill the
1: vibrations. <laughs>
0: exactly, see? Anyway, so I was getting so many comments of like, oh, this is like such a great costume. And I was like, ha, 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 ha. thank you. Come to my panel later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was it was a fun time. I actually, speaking of re-watching parties, a friend of mine from college is hosting, uh, has been for the last like month-ish or so. Yeah, just every weekend is like, all right, we're watching half of book two and now we're watching the second half of book two, whatever. And so they're starting book three this Saturday. And I think I finally have time to swing by. Cause he's like, could you swing by for like a hot second? Like it'd be super cool. Cause my friends are absurd and he's just down in the West village. So it's super easy. Um, and I was like, you know what? It's Halloween. Where you is lived. this? Costume? <laughs> so I, I was like, maybe I will just wear my, my fire nation outfit and go watch book Three for, you know, an, an hour or so with these people. <laughs> um, yeah, it will be fun.
1: That does sound fun. I love the, the whole Fire Nation costumes, you know, that they,
0: they put on. I think they look really stunning, honestly. Like, it just... They look so great. I, I hate to say that because I know it's not, you know, their true... True colors, I suppose, but, like, I don't know. I feel like everyone looks better in the red than in the blue and the orange and the green and the... I don't know. Yeah.
1: Right. <laughs> Personal opinion. <laughs> well, there's a lot of um, amazing fan art out there that I've seen of, like, the Fire Nation versions of, you know, you know each each character. Um, I mean, I'm sure you've seen a lot of fan art to date. <laughs> yes. But, uh... The, uh one of the guys that i would love to talk to at some point is uh um played iroh iroh is one of my favorite characters yeah so um so we have a couple of questions that i kind of just typed out in here um basically our shop has like a uh we have, like, a private Facebook group type thing for our Patreon backers, if you know what Patreon is. I um, don't think it, It's like, a, you know, we make, it's almost like a loop crate type option. People back the shop, they get a uh, um, a random leather cuff of the month or stuff like that. So people who are kind of in there, we kind of made this little private Facebook group where we post, like, updates and stuff about our shop. Um, so I kind of posted in there, I was like, hey, like, if you guys have any questions, um, I can maybe sl- uh, sling it on the, the recording and if she's down to, to answer them. So, uh,
0: yeah, yeah, uh,
1: there's only two. So <laughs> All right. Um, so a friend of mine, Lila, uh, she asked, how many of Toph's lines were ad-libbed? Did you create any lines that were solely just made by you?
0: Great question. Um, I think of a, a few, but they were usually extensions or like, kind of cuts of what was first there, so I would like say it out loud and then just either change it or I would accidentally say something else, thinking that that was more tough. like I suppose, and then they were like, oh wait, yeah, no, 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 say that. <laughs> uh, there wasn't any deliberate like, I think this should go here. I mean, Mike and Brian clearly were very articulate and careful with their story, hence it being only three seasons. And like they were like, this is the story. That's what it is. We've thought it out all the way through. So every line was pretty carefully
1: picked
0: and talked it already. Yeah, so there wasn't like a careless, where you're like, oh, we forgot about what Top is doing. What do we, yeah, it, it was all pretty planned out. So anything trimmed or edited was kind of in the moment or accidental, I would say. <laughs>
1: So you weren't at lunch one day screaming, you're the melon Lord?
0: No. (laughs) Unfortunately, that is is not what happened. (laughs)
1: Um, And then, okay, so another question is by my significant other, Anastasia. Uh, She wants to know, how long are your recording sessions? Do you have anything specific you do to preserve your voice when you're in the studio?
0: Oh! Uh, that's a great question. So, it honestly depends, uh, of course, which is the answer to most questions when it comes to anything autistic, but I would say an average recording session was anywhere from, I don't know, 30 minutes to an hour. Really, they were pretty short. There were some, though, I would say the ones that were like the ADR sessions, like the group sessions that were all day for films, not necessarily Avatar related. Um, the main thing for that is just tea and like lots of snacks. I'm a, I was a big sleep and snack person. Like, you can tell <laughs> if I get angry at all, then I normally need to like have a granola bar or something uh, just because my battery runs low pretty quickly. Um, you get hangry. relatively high metabolism, so all food gets processed quickly, Uh, and so it, like, yeah, it shows, but um, I think I learned, I, I guess, pretty early on, just because I never tried to push a voice, I was just naturally vocal, and because of that, I've always used, like, my my diaphragm as opposed to, like, pulling straight from my throat or, like, whenever I, I did a couple horror films and had to, like, scream or, like, did some concert movies and had to, like, sing lyrics or, like, cry, like, happily or whatever, and I just took a lot of that from as if I were actually doing it instead of me, like, trying to pretend that I was doing it, and so therefore it never really strained my throat or my voice, it seems. Um, which I guess is lucky because... I I don't know anyone else's experience, but I didn't ever feel like I was over-tired in a recording session. Um, Unless for some reason I hadn't slept, but that didn't really start happening until the end of high school, so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think tea at this point, as an adult throat coat, tea, and like humidifiers in my room and I've got one of those pure mist handheld things. So like the change of the seasons right now as we go into fall, I like do that for a half an hour, 15 minutes here and there, just like almost every day, like vitamins and working out. I know this all sounds very like basic, but kind of, I only need to do these things when I'm on the East coast because there are seasons here. And when I'm on the West coast and it's like relatively temperate, I think it's like, I don't really have to do much. (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah.
1: (laughs) the uh you know you kind of were talking about the um like the green tea or the masks and stuff like that i have a lot of friends who are vocalists um in in bands and stuff and they kind of do the that same thing
0: uh, Mm -hmm. just kind
1: of as a um voice prep i guess
0: (laughs) well i primarily sing like i've been singing for the most time i would say in my life i've also been dancing and been acting and done some writing and then did school stuff. But I think singing has been, that was the first thing that I started doing. And that's kind of my primary focus these days. I sing with a couple of bands and I'm working on writing my own stuff. And like, I love musical theater. I just like music in general. So I, I feel you on the vocal front. That's probably also why I veered into that stereotypical kind of singer, I don't know, agenda. Um, Cause that's kind of where I am at the moment. So that makes sense.
1: What are your bands? We can we can bump that on here too.
0: They are yeah. currently cover bands. One is called Faces for Radio. The other one doesn't have a name yet because I'm putting it together and we're just still rehearsing and being like, "All right, like, do we like all of our members and how we sound?" Um, and then my own stuff. I've just been collaborating with like individual. This is very new because uh, right. when I graduated, I graduated 2017, so two and a half years now. And you know, the first year was just me figuring out what was going on because I was like, I don't understand living. And then uh, I was in an independent film and did a dance concert, did some little things like here and there, and then I just really missed singing. And so I started doing that more this last summer. And then the the last two months now, yeah, I've just been kind of re, or I guess really focusing as opposed to refocusing on song writing specifically, just original stuff, which, takes time uh and just figuring out collaboration style and my own writing style so yeah I don't have anything like released on Spotify or iTunes or anything like that yet but my hope is to have like a four to five song EP like actively in the works recording by like January that's kind of my my goal and hope
1: (laughs) (laughs) well awesome uh send me the link whenever you do get to that stage and I'll I'll uh, purchase one of your your EPs or your debut or whatever it ends up being. Thank
0: you. Yes, everyone and their dog will know whenever I have something to listen to. You'll finally (laughs) post it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm I'm really not shy whenever I have information uh, to share. It's just been a lot of workshopping, so there's not really much to share at this point unless people want, like, half-sung, like, voice recordings from my iPhone, you know? So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna wait for the uh, the finished version of that
1: that's yeah music is one of the, the best things in life so yeah. i'm kind of up there too with you with the whole the whole music thing i'm super into like the heavy metal community and all that kind of stuff but i listen to i'm all over the place with music <laughs> um so two last things um do you still have any of toff's lines memorized and can you do an impersonation right here
0: right here right now um you could
1: scream melon lord if you want <laughs> I,
0: I, say, I was like there there are multiple but i feel like i do that one so often that i want to do something like a bit more original um uh, let's see mm. also the thing is with her is that there are a lot of just one line zingers one offs, with top. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which I mean that's very her, so it's like uh thinking of like a brief monologue of some sort just isn't really Perfect. a thing. Perfect. Yeah, no. That's really Well I mean when they're searching for the uh the lost library in the desert. I, I don't really know there's some character. So just... There's some character in the in that one. Yeah, where she's like Look there it is! <laughs> that's it'll sound like when one of you spots it like it's it's great that's a classic that one's always stuck in there um yeah i don't know that's kind of the only one well, and so short <laughs> <laughs> i need to compile like a large list of my actual favorite lines so that i can have them because so many of them are just so short that i have to have like five ready to go at all times
1: <laughs> what was it the one where uh no, I'm spacing, but there was something along lines of she's like, Yeah, it looks great or whatever. When I think she was talking to Sokka when <laughs> he's like asking her how things it might have been the Ember Island play, I don't know. Um there was kind of just a joke on her not being able to see what ah. it is they were whatever they were pointing at or something.
0: <laughs> all of all of her everything based on her not being able to see, yes. Right. <laughs>
1: Or the uh, the armpits thing was, that was one that's, I remember.
0: Yeah. Oh! <laughs> yeah, there's actually, cause I was thinking about, I'm like investigating now. Uh, when she's teaching Aang how to earthbend, there's a lot of, you know, not monumental, but just kind of good, simple dialogue just about teaching him like what's important and like how to do the thing. So like there's some good there's some good fodder in there that will have to investigate into. Yeah, I gotta get my uh game together for Sakana because I I want some new content.
1: Well think of this as like your little pre prep, especially for your Halloween party. You know someone's gonna ask you there.
0: Right.
1: (laughs) No no stress or anything, you know.
0: (laughs) Not having not hyperventilating at all, yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, so just to kind of wrap up this podcast episode, um well, I guess we kind of covered that a little bit. Uh, if not too personal, what's new? How's life in New York? School? You said you're doing music stuff. Um,
0: yeah, that's life, kind of the end. Yeah, life in New York is, is good. Heading into uh, into fall, Halloween, Halloween weekend. I guess is this weekend. Um, it'll probably bleed into next weekend too, but it'll it'll be primarily this weekend. Um, yeah, I'm just working on music stuff. I'm trying to stay relatively mobile and go back to L.A. more often um, just because I liked being mobile and not staying in one place for too long. And, yeah, auditioning for theater, auditioning for some film things, keeping it real, hanging with friends <laughs> <as> you can.
1: <laughs> Definitely. Um, well, if you're ever on the West Coast and up in Portland, well, I'm here, so if you want to grab <laughs> coffee or something. And... Uh, I'd love to visit New York, too, because I've never actually been there. You still there? Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, now I can.
0: <laughs> oh, really? That's crazy. Yeah,
1: I mean, like, I've, I've lived on the West Coast my whole life, so... Um, I've actually been to more places in Europe than I have in the United States.
0: <laughs> I'm almost at that level, so I, I feel you.
1: <laughs> but, uh... New York would be cool. I I don't think I could live there, but it would be nice to to visit, um, see some things. I don't really know. Usually when I go travel somewhere, um, well, that's not entirely true, but a majority of the time when I travel, it's to, like, see a friend or something. Uh, And I don't really know very many people in the New York area, so I think that's – I just haven't made it out that way yet.
0: (laughs) But – And also, yeah – different to live here especially if you're from the west coast it's a very different world
1: (laughs) there's so many cars and there's so many people i feel like i would get probably pretty lost um i mean there's cabs and probably uber and lyft now but (laughs) um well i think that will wrap up the podcast episode so uh thanks for hopping on and being our second ever guest um Yeah, Um, we're hoping this takes off, and it's just a little fun, interactive thing for our shop. Um, I'm in the progress of making up those coasters for you. cool. Uh, I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) You can put your tea on them.
0: (laughs) Yes, I drink so much tea.
1: (laughs) All the tea. My tea. That's one of my favorite things about Avatar as well as, you know, screaming about, what was it? It's like with tea, you know, you always forget I'll, your tea and then like three hours later, it's all cold. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I'll well, get those coasters you. made up and
0: thank you for reaching out and for, yeah, just making the time and chatting with me. And, uh, yeah, hopefully it was fun. Hopefully the rest of the process goes well with kind of building the podcast and um, glad to be a part of it. Yeah. Thanks so much
1: thanks guys for listening to our second ever podcast episode sorry about any technical difficulties near the end of the the skype call um things sometimes just kind of cut in and out and i'm still getting used to all of the audio editing and the technical side of things (laughs) um but yeah you can check us out over on patreon at patreon.com slash weird leather mead get all sorts of rad items shipped to you directly from our shop um everything's handmade here you can get anything from leather goods to hand carved pendants to loot crate type chest thing uh but yeah patreon has really been helping out our shop so we're gonna keep that up we're gonna keep bumping it on the podcast sorry if you get tired of all the notifications about it You can also stay up to date with Weird Leather & Mead by visiting our website weirdleatherandmead.com. You can give us a follow on social media platforms such as Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, We also have an Etsy shop that's called Obsidian Crow Leather on Etsy. All sorts of handmade leather goods. It's kind of my personal brand of leatherworking that I kind of incorporated into the shop. So be sure to check that out. We're gonna have all sorts of holiday updates. Uh, Mead is finally happening in our shop right now. Uh, We have 55 gallons worth of mead, (laughs) Uh, but the bottles are going quick. So, you know, it's kind of first come first serve. We'll be able to ship our mead once we kind of get that all set up with the next batch, which is gonna be awesome because then we'll be able to branch out And send people bottles. So, uh, yeah, stay in the loop, guys. Follow us on social media and tell your friends about us. Thanks. Signing off.